0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for this final episode of Learning, Lifting, Leading Social Equity for and by Black and Brown Girls and Women. My name is Jen Grimmett, and with us today is Dr. Carmen Monaco, Assistant Professor of Human Service Studies at Elon University, offering a closing statement about this project. So, welcome, Carmen. Could you tell us a little bit about you, your work, and how you became connected to the conference
1: series at Shaw? Yes. Um, so, I'm an assistant professor at uh, Elon University in the um, Human Service Studies program, and uh, we teach primarily undergraduate research students. but. Um, I have the opportunity actually to um, teach across the university through courses that aim at meeting the curriculum, both within human services as well as public health and psychology. And then we have also, I also teach students from across uh, the university and other programs through courses such as the Global Experience, which is a required course um, at at the first year, and uh, then other upper-level courses, which are used as uh, select electives for, for students or meet other Society or uh, research criteria, and um, so the topics that I teach actually here at Elon, you know, involved um, sexual violence, um, such as global violence against women, human human trafficking. Um, I'm involved in research with uh, the students on these topics, and uh, I teach on global civil society and. Uh, Introductory courses for human services, working with groups and communities. And it is in the context of these last two courses that I engaged with uh, the NWACP two years ago, approximately. Uh, These are service designated service learning courses, and they um, aim at um, meeting some of the requirements. Uh, for students actually to be able to work with populations that are different than themselves. And then to, uh, since um, this institution is uh, largely um, of uh, um, a white in terms of race in, in um, very, it's, uh, not a lot of diversity, but uh, Du boiss is actually can be heard through the classrooms and through the material that we cover, and this is why for me it's very important to get the students out in the community, and uh, the service learning courses allow allow that to to take place. With the NWACP, we engaged in, a, over the course of the um, year and a half on uh, planning and developing activities around the women's conference and uh, in coordination with Shaw University uh, Divinity School and this has allowed us actually to be able to uh, as students and faculty to be able to learn more about the situation of uh, brown and black girls and women and uh, actually have their participation in both conferences. So it's been very empowering for those who have attended uh, from those communities as well as uh, on the part of the ELON students who have learned and, and uh, in very practical ways how mm-hmm. to engage with those communities. Well, thank you.
0: So one of the things that I wanted to kind of round back with you on, are you surprised that recurring themes of disparities in the health of black and brown women and girls emerged throughout this podcast series?
1: I'm not surprised, and I'm actually happy that that happened because uh, it it means that... uh, we selected uh, a wonderful set of speakers to address different issues and that they know the community. Health disparity, actually, um, it's, it's been... A, a topic that has emerged and uh, I'm glad that various speakers have um, addressed it in its various forms and how it actually is reproduced prevail. and prevail in in society even now, you know, in our schools and uh, universities in, in society at large. Um, the key question for me is being why then um, health disparity actually exists. And so this is one of the topics that I actually teach through my classes, and uh, uh, I'm going to mention actually one particular resource that I use, which is an educational video produced by the World Trust uh, Inc. um, uh, called Cracking the Codes, which discusses actually um, uh, the system of racial inequality that exists in as structured in two um, sort of areas so one kind of an internal area in uh, another one external area and then in 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 the internal aspects they mention the biases privilege you know in internalized racism that are things that were addressed by the different speakers of this podcast um, and in the external factors, there is the um, the nature of uh, racism, which is uh, takes place at the interpersonal level, at the institutional level, that is within organizations in our rulemaking, and then at the structural level, which is more within our systems, and uh, and that includes actually the way that uh, our societies are are structured. So um, it's just beyond the individuals in that sense. And at the center of all of this, there is uh, power in economics, which holds up actually um, this this system of inequality. And um, the uh, framework that, that uh, um, Cracking the Codes actually uses includes um, the roles of history, culture, and identity, which are aspects also that the speakers talked about. So I just want to highlight that, uh, you know, when we talk about why health disparity exists, we think about racial inequality. And so to do something about racial inequality is actually to address all of these levels that I just mentioned. Uh, It is beyond the individuals. It's we need to look at how, you know, policies even at the uh, local level actually take place through local laws, but also just uh, you know the the policies that institutions such as the university have. So uh, it's it's important to um, be able to look at all of these other factors in, in a historical perspective, in a, in a sociocultural perspective, and uh, um, that's. That's actually not surprising for me. Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, another thing was that within these conversations that I had with folks over the past few months, a profound thread about toxic stress or chronic stress for black and brown women and girls tied so many of the experiences together across mothering, education, access to community resources, Intersectional identities, healthcare, relationships, and, and interactions with justice systems. How would you respond to that?
1: Well, um, I, I'm glad again that uh, this was uh, brought up in the different uh, conversations that you had with the, the speakers. Indeed, um, you know, women, and uh, girls learn it from very early age, you know, try to succeed in all of these areas, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, because it is very difficult uh, to actually move around in the spaces where there is this uh, constant stress that comes from both our, um, our own selves as well as our environments. And so let me focus primarily on research that has been done actually with the Center for Disease, Centers for Disease um, Control and uh, CDC. And this is uh, on the, the adverse childhood experiences. And um, other um, different authors have. Also, engage in this type of research and have identified that racism uh, um, and, uh, is adversely impacting the health of um, people who um, you know, have this early experiences. And so, we're going to talk about people who are oppressed by racism. And uh, so, we talked about then uh, uh, black and brown girls and, and women. It, there is actually, um, it's been found racism in other forms of discrimination as increasing the risk of um, a children who are exposed to these experiences to have then later, you know, trauma, experience trauma, childhood trauma, as well as um, adult trauma. And uh, the, a, including into this uh, uh, adverse childhood experiences is the idea that um, uh, they, they include emotional abuse for example, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional neglect but as I said, um, racism and sexism and other forms of discrimination are also having a, an effect on health and um, uh, the Exposure when it is in uh, multiple times and over periods, long periods of time, is when uh, a trauma is much more acute. So, um, but the model also actually includes the idea that there are several protective factors, and uh, the speakers actually address uh, some of them. In, <clears throat> Like the, the need for social connections. I mean, this podcast actually comes from a, the coming together of black and brown girls into these conferences and then trying to share the experience, you know, and hope, actually, f- Um with others and uh, so although the you know academics and and community leaders were the ones that were asked to speak on these issues the reality is that we hope that they are also speaking right for Mm -hmm. the women and girls that were at this conference so um social connections is very important and it was actually one of the issues that was recognized Uh, in uh, in the conference that goes beyond the you know family and friends, and uh, the other protective factor is uh, a concrete support. And so by that we're talking about you know uh, there were issues that were brought up in the conference uh, about, for example, child abuse and um, and some other uh, issues that were. Um, uh, need to access mental health services and and uh, they in in a way we try to be responsive to those those issues and have been working actually with nwacp in for example developing developing a source of children workshop uh, to promote uh, the prevention of child abuse in the community, and then create um, a community that uh, stores children instead of you know, places the responsibility of the child, places the responsibility back on the community. And so um, there there is concrete support is necessary many organizations that were represented in the podcast actually provide those work services to the community. Resilience is the other protective factor where um, recognizes that um, um, in the ability to um, overcome and, uh, adversity is 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 resiliency, and so the adversity comes from that toxic stress, that um, in discrimination that uh, many of us suffered, and uh, I consider myself a, a brown woman. Then. Um, the other, um, it's building actually social and emotional competence and that has to be done, you know, early in life. And so this is why in the conferences we create a spaces for youth and children actually to be able to celebrate and uh, and, and, uh, and build that community that um, uh, will nurture them in life. And then to, you know, some of the speakers in the conference where um in providing role models for the girls uh, instead of aspiring only to motherhood that they aspire to become lawyers and to become you know leaders in the community and be able to give back and uh, because they were by their presence there you know giving back already to the community and um, and then the other protective factor is knowledge in of parenting in child development which um the idea that, uh, you know, we embrace motherhood as well, so we don't reject it, uh, even if it's not the only, you know, path that can be offered to uh, girls and in, in adolescents, but uh, that it is embraced in the context of of um, in knowing how to parent and so being responsible for a, a, a Parental responsibility start, and uh, and so one of the, the the important issues that was addressed that why the, the early uh, pregnancy and uh, which is actually an, uh, an issue of concern so that uh, uh, girls can continue to be girls until they're ready to actually uh, bear a child and take care of of the child. And then the child becomes the responsibility to the community. So so protective factors are beyond our um, discrete personal responsibility, but are uh, a community responsibility. And I guess that's what we're trying to do also by offering this podcast, which is um, um, that we can use it as a resource.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I want to, you know, point out is Though there thematically, there were you know quite a few problematic um, aspects that came out through the narratives um, <laughs> within the experiences of black and brown women and girls. But there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of resilience. There was a lot of strength. And, you know, for me as the facilitator, you know, I'm really hoping that our listeners are able to sit with the heaviness of the content, but also mm-hmm. celebrate our women and girls. You know, it's, it's amazing to see such strong energy within the narratives. So that's my call for our (laughs) listeners. What are you hoping that our listeners take away from this podcast series?
1: Yeah. I hope that the uh, listeners can actually use it as another resource for um, increasing understanding on health disparity, toxic stress, and and the other topics that were addressed by the speakers in the podcast, and to use it as resources for... Engaging with uh, uh, black and brown uh, women and girls because uh, eh, we need to be able to engage with with those communities in order to be able to understand them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, this can be a very good introductory uh, material for. Uh, just about anyone who, you know, wants to be able to um, engage in a program in the community or, you know, engage in teaching and learning, you know, and, uh, or just to be able to um, engage with um, in other people in, in the community through churches, through um, universities and so forth. In uh, understanding and acting around these issues, so um, I hear it. you are um, concerned about the heaviness, but you know this is precisely what I think the podcast will bring is a, the, the content can help to um, engage in deep reflection about what uh, our role is. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 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 both in producing uh, racial inequity, as well as in being able to address racial inequity. And so um, we have a role in both. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so this can be um, actually used as the platform for uh, moving beyond the, um, you know, the I can't do anything about it. Because that's that's where we go when we feel overwhelmed by the stories and by the narratives. And, and so instead, I would like to invite the listeners to, uh, you know, think about it as a trampoline. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. so, so that we dip into it, but then we jump out of it.
0: I like that analogy. What advice and, you know, and or guidance... You know, you mentioned a little, you know, the discomfort that can come along with knowing what to do. What would you offer to our white listeners, particularly in how (laughs) white folks can step up to better support black and brown communities?
1: Yes. I have two simple messages, okay? And uh, so one, is not your fault. Okay. And uh, in fact, um, that what is happening, it is the fault of white people, is only a myth. Okay. Um, I talked about the inter- uh, a interpersonal institutional structure of racism, which means that this goes beyond the individuals. Of course, individually, we have the responsibility to break the silence and the cycle. You know, to take action in addressing these issues. And so we have the opportunity actually to be able to become allies. So the other, so the associated mas- message that I have is don't be afraid, you know, um, take courage to become an ally. And so many times, you know, we find ourselves in. In, in situations in which we can do that and uh, in, in that we're able to, to do it when we have actually um, be able to, you know, think about it and reflect on it, but uh, in, to be able to feel in a way um, that racial injustice is not just hurting those that is oppressing is hurting us as a society because we are actually, um, it it impedes that we come together um, as a community, that we come together uh, as a nation. And um, so we, I teach actually about difference in my courses here at Elon University to conclude that we're more similar than different across uh, race and gender. In fact, some of the things that I teach is uh, um, evidence from genetic studies that have been conducted where you know there have been found actually uh, more difference within racial and ethnic groups than across groups. And uh, but that shouldn't be the determinant for concluding that we are um, similar. You know, um, if we embrace um, higher values, whether it is from our own sort of faith perspective or um, our own kind of naturalist perspective. In, in or if we embrace it from the perspective of the international convention on human rights and the rights of children, you know, so then we're able to actually leave that reality on a daily basis. So uh, recognizing that um, that we need to move beyond that. Uh, um, you know, fantasy that <laughs> we are different mm-hmm. is kind of important to be able to bring ourselves together. I teach my students also about uh, the iceberg model, right? So how we uh, sometimes we only focus ourselves on the uh, physical differences, maybe the color of the skin, the uh, texture of our our um, or our hair, you know, and the color of our hair and the color of our eyes, is um, we are, you know, humans. That's a common ground, and we can start with that. And uh, so if we can recognize the humanity among all, um, I think that can be the starting point for bringing about better understanding and then breaking that cycle and then breaking that silence. Because especially now in this country where the toxic stress comes through, you know, the social media that carries all of this uh, hate that is coming from uh, policies, um, macro policies that have been enacted or that. Um, it, you know, and it has increased microaggressions among people. So it's it's we need to be able to address that toxic stress by going back to basis, recognizing humanity at all. Mhm. Well, thank you
0: so much for first and foremost allowing me the opportunity to um, be a part of this really awesome project. I really appreciate that I've had different roles within this, and I've very much enjoyed my time. So thank you.
1: (laughs) And I really appreciate your role and your uh, wisdom. I think that the production of this podcast actually in itself, that includes a um, black woman, a black uh, brown woman, and a white woman actually is... uh, it's uh, in itself a demonstration that um, this can happen
0: Thank you for joining us for this podcast Learning, Lifting, Leading Social Equity for and by Black and Brown Girls and Women Special appreciation to our guests who share their stories and insights Reverend Donna Van Hook Dr. Buffy Longmere-Avital Dr. Sharon Ellis Davis Dr. Leanne Royster Meredith Peffley Whitney Tucker, Lisa McBroom, Dr. Vanessa Drew Branch, Dr. Sharon Morrison, Reverend Cheryl Kirk Dugan, Rabbi Sandra Lawson, Nicole Williams, Phyllis Porte-Ascott, Angelicia Simmons, Dr. Prudence Lane, Officer Shante Harris-Stewart, Kristen Green, Reverend Portia Rochelle, Nashonda Cook, Lashima Barr, and Dr. Carmen Monaco. This podcast has been brought to you through a partnership between Shaw University Divinity School, Elon University, and the Raleigh Apex branch of the NAACP. Until next time, my name is Jen Grimmett. Be well.